Hello again, this is Daniel J. Hogan, and welcome to the Magic of Airy podcast, brought to you by magicofairy.com. In our last episode, Steve and Uncle Shameless followed a glowing eagle down a mysterious fork of the Grand River and ended up going over a waterfall. Steve awoke on a beach where he met a talking squirrel that helped him find his glasses. After Uncle Shameless woke up, our heroes realized they were no longer on the Grand River, but on the beach of a vast sea near a forest full of tall, spooky trees. Not knowing what else to do, Steve and Uncle Shameless started walking through the bizarre forest until they came to a clearing. Inside the clearing, they found a trio of crumbling pillars that were covered in strange symbols and pictures. Soon after approaching the pillars, our heroes fell asleep and Steve began to dream. And now, the next exciting episode of The Magic of Airy. The Magic of Airy, the podcast. Written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan. Based on the novel, The Magic of Airy by Daniel J. Hogan. To learn more about the novel, please visit magicaberry.com or danieljhogan.com. And remember, Harry is spelled E-Y-R-I. Episode number four, the exposition episode. Steve opened his eyes. He wanted to shut them, but he could not. He was floating in mid-air over a large castle, The castle stood atop a mountain and overlooked the surrounding land. It was early morning and everything was quiet. Steve blinked and suddenly the castle was engulfed in flame. He heard people screaming from all directions. Steve blinked again and he was closer to the castle walls. He could feel the flames as they towered higher and higher. As Steve turned, he saw hundreds of flying creatures descending upon the castle walls. The images flashed by too quickly for him to make out any exact details. Everything was blurry, and Steve felt like he was watching flames dancing in a fire, or an out-of-focus movie. The creatures carried spears and swords. He saw other blurry shapes that looked like humans. The humans had started fighting the flying creatures, but were losing. Steve blinked again, and he was floating through the air in what looked like a throne room. He heard the sounds of weapons clashing. Steve saw another ghostly, blurry person. This was an old man, even older than Uncle Shameless. He wore a crown on his head and was fighting one of the flying creatures. Steve blinked again and saw the man being stabbed by the flying creature with a flaming spear. This creature was different from the others. It was much larger and it frightened Steve. The creature turned slowly and looked right at Steve with terrifying, fire-filled eyes. Flames poured out of the creature's burning red eyes, nearly reaching to the top of its head. As fire filled the throne room, the creature let loose a horrific shriek. Steve covered his ears and screamed within the dream. Steve woke up. He was laying on the stone floor and looked skyward. It was night. Steve screamed, shocking Uncle Shameless awake. It wasn't me! Uncle Shameless yelled. Gaining his composure a moment later... Uncle Shameless looked over at Steve. What's wrong? Speechlessly, Steve jabbed a finger toward the night sky. Uncle Shameless looked up. Crackers! In the night sky above shined two moons. 
Okay, I can honestly say we ain't in Michigan. Seconds later, Steve regained his voice. Yes, we are. That's just a reflection off one of the Great Lakes. That's why we're seeing two moons, Steve said, trying to come up with an explanation for the lunar anomalies. Okay, Mr. Know-it-all. Then how do you explain that each of the reflections is a different phase of the moon? Replied Uncle Shameless. Well, I... And that one is larger than the other. It's... And that one is square-shaped. Steve paused and thought hard. Um... Swamp gas. Uncle Shameless crossed his arms and stared at Steve. Well, if we aren't in Michigan, then just where the heck are we? Airy, said a voice inside both of their heads. Steve and Uncle Shameless both jumped and looked around, but they could not see anyone. There was a loud crack, and a pillar of blue light began to grow in the center of the three columns. I am definitely gonna need a drink. You are listening to the Magic of Airy podcast, a free podcast by Daniel J. Hogan, available at magicofairy.com and through iTunes. As the pillar of blue light grew, a shape began to appear inside the glowing light. Steve gasped as he saw the hazy outline of a figure wearing a cloak. A refined, scholarly male voice began to speak, and Steve thought he heard what sounded like a group of people saying, Ah, together in the distance. On high it was written long ago, and lo, the boy shall come, he who shall extinguish the flame of evil. Frightened and not knowing what was going on, Steve reached for a rock and threw it at the pillar of light, hitting the figure in the forehead. The flame that has burned... Ow! Son of a motherless hawk! That hurt! Immediately the blue light disappeared and the ah-ing stopped. However, the figure remained in the center of the columns, holding a hand to his forehead and looking very upset. Zaz Talons, what's your problem, kid? The figure yelled. He left the center of the columns and entered the pale moonlight. Steve and Uncle Shameless gasped in unison. In front of them stood a blue heron, but not just any blue heron. This one stood and walked like a human, and was dressed in blue robes that reached the ground. He was as tall as Uncle Shameless, but lanky, with long, thin arms that ended with hands of clawed fingers. Steve also noticed that he did not have any wings. The blue heron's face was old and wrinkled, with a beak that was long and straight. On top of his head was a cap of black feathers. The bird man reminded Steve of the Egyptian gods he had learned about in school, human-like, but with animal features. As the blue heron walked closer, Steve noticed his eyes were pools of white. The blue heron grumbled like an old grandfather as he shambled towards the pair. (laughs) Kids today, no respect for the elders. Once the blue heron reached Steve, he poked the boy in the chest with a long, thin finger. Listen, if you weren't part of the prophecy, thunder cracked overhead, despite the sky being clear of clouds. I teach you some respect. The blue heron waved a wrinkled blue fist. I show up just to give you a little exposition, and you throw rocks at me. Steve looked at Uncle Shameless, and they both shrugged, neither knowing what to do next. And another thing. 
As the Birdman continued ranting, Steve reached out and pinched him. The Blue Heron yelped and swatted the boy's hand away. What's the big idea? I just wanted to see if you were real. Of course I'm real. Do I even have the right person? Some hero you'll make. He looks real to me. Thank you, the Blue Heron replied. He pointed to Uncle Shameless. You could learn a lot from your uncle there. Steve was about to ask the Blue Heron how he knew Shameless was his uncle, but the Birdman walked away. His head bobbed with each step before he finally took a seat on a tree stump. I need a drink. That sounds like a good idea to me. It would. Steve joked. No need for that, young Harrier. The Blue Heron scolded with a less irritated tone. Steve's eyes widened. You are listening to the Magic of Airy podcast, brought to you by magicofairy.com. Copies of the novel version can be purchased through this website. You can also purchase a PDF download of the entire novel for only $3.75. Visit magicofairy.com for more details. And remember, Harry is spelled E-Y-R-I. Uh, how did you know my name? Oh, just the prophecy. The Blue Heron said as thunder boomed in the distance once again. You know, the reason I came here in the first place. The Blue Heron shook his head as he searched for something inside his robe. What prophecy? Gee, I don't know. The Blue Heron said sarcastically. I think that hit on the head might have made me forget all about it. The Blue Heron finally found what he had been searching for inside his robe. He pulled out what looked like a sewn leather bag. What's that? Ain't you ever seen a water skin before? Uncle Shameless asked. Look, I'm from the suburbs. All of my water comes in plastic bottles, not stitched up animal skins. Right you are, Seamus. The Blue Heron tossed the water skin to Uncle Shameless, surprised that the Blue Heron knew his name. But that isn't water. It's Elder Cherry Wine, the Blue Heron explained with a nod towards the wineskin. It is quite good. Uh, I don't know. I'm not much of a wine kind of... kind of... carnosaur. Carnosaur. What he said. I think you'll like it. It has a nice kick, the Blue Heron said with a smile. Uncle Shameless removed the stopper from the wineskin and took a drink. Wow! It sure does, Uncle Shameless said with satisfaction. He took another sip. I'll, uh, do my best to make it last. Do not worry, the Blue Heron replied. That wineskin will last longer than you think. What's your name? Oh, contributing to the conversation now, are we? The Blue Heron said. My name is Istrio, and I am an elder mystic of Zah. Uncle Shameless slurred. An elder mystic of Zah. A mystic of Fa? What is that? Some kind of musician? Not Fa. Zah. What's a Zah? Maybe it means pizza. What? I know some folks who call pizza that. A mystic of pizza? Sure. Maybe they protect the secrets of the sauce. Haha. <laughs> Look, if you two will keep quiet, I'll explain. Sheesh. 
Excuse me. Istrio gestured with both hands and they began glowing with a pale blue light. He waved his hands in small circles and Steve noticed a light blue mist filling the air around them. Suddenly, an orb of blue light appeared in between the three stone columns in the middle of the clearing. Istrio's blank white eyes began to glow a faint blue as he started to speak. Long ago, eons before Aerie existed. Before what existed? Aerie. The blue heron sighed. It is where you are. What? The forest? No, not the forest. Oh, you mean the clearing. Not the clearing either. I thought this was more of a glen than a clearing. Nah, you see, a glen is more like a valley. Uncle Shameless explained. You're thinking of a meadow. Istrio's blank eyes narrowed in frustration. Ahem, Istrio said, loudly clearing his throat to get their attention. I am trying to give a little exposition here. Might I continue? Sorry. Steve and Uncle Shameless said in unison, sounding like a pair of disciplined school children. Since I have to be specific... You are in the northern part of the world of Eri, which is littered with kingdoms, cities, villages, and everything in between. Happy? Steve shrugged. Uncle Shameless helped himself to some more elder cherry wine. As I was saying, eons before Eri existed, there was only the nothingness. The nothingness? Oh, come on. Is that even a word? Steve said with a smirk. Uncle Seamus shushed his nephew, showering the boy with spittle. Istrio continued. He waved a hand and two eagles made of light appeared within the blue orb. Out of the nothingness came the two great eagles. Za, the great eagle of water. Za, the water bringer. Za, the protector. Steve crossed his arms and rolled his eyes. And Zu, the great eagle of fire. Zu, the fire bringer. Zoo the Destroyer. Just how many names do these things have? Do not interrupt, Istrio snapped back. He gestured to the eagles in the orb. One was a bright blue, the other a bright red. The two great eagles created Aerie along with everything and everyone in it. The orb showed a vast land forming, followed shortly by plants and animals. But not long after that came the rift, Istrio said in a somber tone. Oh, were they going sailing? Asked Uncle Shameless. Rift, not raft, answered Steve. My mistake. Uncle Shameless apologized with a sloppy curtsy. Istrio shook his head and continued. As I was saying, then came the rift. Which was... The disagreements that would divide the followers of Za and the followers of Zu. Yes, I get it. And? Steve asked, growing impatient. Za decreed that the week should start on Uk Day, while Zu decreed that the week should begin on Ush Day. Istrio explained in a very serious tone. Additionally, Zu also decreed that no one was to receive presents on their birthday. But Za disagreed. Steve's jaw dropped. What? Yes, I know. Silly, isn't it? Very. You're telling me, starting the week on Ush Day. Pure madness, Istrio said, not getting Steve's sarcasm. No presents on your birthday, said Uncle Shameless. 
That's no fun. Does any of this have a point? Steve said with a sigh, wishing he had a watch to look at to stress his boredom. Istrio rolled his blank eyes. I'm getting there. And then came the War of Fire. The orb showed war breaking out all over Eri, in which Zu took the form of Atrox, the warrior, and Za... Could you just summarize all of this? Istrio sighed loudly. <sighs> Fine. Then came the War of Fire. Things happened. Things happened? Look, you weren't happy with the short version, so this is the short, short version. That was the short version? Istrio ignored Steve and continued his hastened history of Aerie. Then came the Great Union. Things happened. Then the peace, in which slightly fewer things happened. But, although Zu and his followers had lost the War of Fire, he hoped for the day that all of Aerie would follow him. Then, 313 years ago, Zu got his chance. There was a young Hawken warrior. Fiak, who was tired of having the week begin on Ukde, and also tired of living under the gift-giving ruler Felra, the Owl Queen. Before Steve could ask what a Hawken was, the orb showed a humanoid creature with the head and clawed feet of a hawk. Like Istrio, feathers covered its body, but unlike the blue heron, huge feathery wings extended from its back. Fiak sought out the last remaining mystics of Zoo, not seen since the War of Fire. While with the mystics, Zu appeared to the young warrior in a vision. In this vision, Zu told Fiat to travel far away to the forgotten temple of Zorus Gull, which was built at the base of Mount... I'm sorry, but I'm already losing track of all these names. Za, Zu, Fiat, Fel... I can't remember which is which. Don't you have more than, like, two letters when it comes to names around here? Istrio crossed his arms and Uncle Shameless glared at Steve. Steve glanced at the floating orb. The images inside were glaring at him as well. Sorry, go ahead. And so it was at Zorus Gull that Fiat discovered the Spear of Zu, lost since the War of Fire. Right, Steve said with a yawn. Istrio continued without missing a beat. A magical weapon that granted him great power, with his strength increased. Fiak went off to build his army. The orb showed Fiak flying through the sky engulfed in flame and wielding a large spear with an obelisk-shaped blade. Ooh, neat special effects. Fiak preached the foolishness of Za and her followers to any who would listen. The orb switched between scenes of an energetic Fiak working a crowd of Hawken into a frenzy as he spoke, waving the spear and what looked like a crude calendar around in front of a pile of burning birthday presents. Steve noted the fire pouring out of Fiak's eyes. After winning over his fellow Hawken with promises of power, a proper week, and no obligations to buy presents, Fiak traveled to Swanta, home of the ancient enemies of the Owls, the Swantons. The orb showed a mass of brawny white swan bird people in full armor. Steve had a feeling they did more than hiss and bite. With his army assembled, Fiak attacked the owls without warning during the day. Why during the day? Steve asked, his eyes fixed on the orb. That's when owls sleep, Uncle Shameless explained. Don't seem fair if you ask me. Right you are, Shameless. Fiak usurped Felra's throne and crowned himself Fiak Ra, Hawk King of Eri. 
With the owls conquered and the animal kingdom under his control, Fiak Ra turned his army against the human king, Donald the Mighty. Guessing that Istrio's long-winded and boring exposition wasn't going to end any time soon, Steve took a seat on the ground. Next to him, Uncle Shameless was already beginning to nod off. Just as before, Fiak Ra's combined army of foot soldier Swanton and Flying Hawken launched a surprise attack against Donald's castle. Wait a second. How is he able to keep pulling off all of these sneak attacks? Steve interjected, finding it hard to believe that an army of loutish bird people dressed in full armor could sneak up on anything. Istrio hesitated for a moment. Magic. Magic? You can't be serious. Well, that plus Donald and Felra had grown old and a bit comfortable, Istrio explained carefully. You could say that over the years they kind of let their guard down, but it was mostly magic. Mostly. Really, it was. Sure it was. The orb flashed after a few seconds and showed a castle burning while humans fought both Hawken and Swanton warriors. Steve looked at the orb and a shiver ran down his spine. They were the same images from his dream. This concludes today's episode of The Magic of Eri. Make sure to join us again next time. Who is Istrio? Is he there to help Steve or to put him in danger? What did Steve's dream mean? Find out in our next thrilling episode of The Magic of Eri. The Magic of Eri, the podcast. Written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan. The production and copyright date of this episode was May 5th, 2009. and was produced in GarageBand and Audacity on a Mac. Music and sound effects credits are listed in this show's show notes. For more information or to purchase a copy of the original novel, please visit magicofairy.com. And remember, Eri is spelled E-Y-R-I. And as always, thanks for listening.